Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's September 30th. The Boeing 747 debuted on this day in 1968. And it was huge. At the time, it was the world's largest jet. It was so big that Boeing had to build a new factory in Everett, Washington, just to be able to build the thing. It was so big that airports had to redesign their terminals to accommodate the planes themselves and their passengers. The 747 could carry more than twice as many passengers as the Boeing 707, and that made the per-passenger price tag for the airline about half as much as on other aircraft, at least if the flight was completely full. But it also meant that the airports needed more passenger accommodations to go along with it. All those things that support the coming and going of aircraft from refueling tankers to catering trucks had to be updated too. And the pilots had to learn how to fly this gigantic aircraft. The training program involved a model of the cockpit that was on stilts on a truck that moved around so that pilots could simulate what it was like to be so far off the ground during takeoff and landing and taxiing. It took a team of 50,000 people 16 months to design and build the 747. The first flight took place on February 9th of 1969, and the first commercial passenger flight was on January 22nd of 1970. This was a Pan Am flight from New York to London. The first hijacking of a 747 was that same year, on August 3rd of 1970, on a flight from New York City to San Juan, when a passenger pulled out a gun and said he wanted to go to Cuba. The plane did go to Cuba. It was met there by Fidel Castro when it landed The 360 passengers and 19 crew aboard were unharmed, although they did arrive in San Juan after it was all over, about seven hours behind schedule. There are still a lot of 747s in use around the world, although the last flight of a 747 by a United States carrier was on January 3, 2018. A lot, but not all, of the 747s still making flights are used for cargo rather than for passengers. Modified 747s have also served as the U.S. presidential aircraft known as Air Force One and as the shuttle carrier aircraft during the space shuttle program. The 747 was originally designed to work as a cargo plane because Boeing really thought that passenger aircraft were going to go the way of supersonic flight. They thought that they needed to future-proof their subsonic aircraft. So they needed to make the 747 to be able to load and unload huge amounts of cargo as a matter of future-proofing. This focus on cargo loading is also why the 747 has a humped design at the top. The cockpit is up above the main deck with a space behind the cockpit that was originally a passenger lounge, but during the fuel crisis of the 1970s on most flights it was converted to additional passenger seating. This arrangement of the flight deck up above the main deck with a space behind it was so that the nose of the plane could be on a hinge to be opened up for cargo loading. Some of the 747s no longer in service have been scrapped. Hundreds are in airplane graveyards, and about 50 have been written off after crashes or some kind of other irreparable damage. The first one ever assembled still exists, though. It's at the Museum of Flight in Seattle, where it underwent a two-year restoration process that ended in 2014. 
It had been sitting out there at the museum for quite some time and was in need of a lot of both cosmetic and structural refurbishing. Thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat for her research work on today's episode and to Tari Harrison for all of her audio work on this podcast. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You can tune in tomorrow for the establishment of a nation. 